Welcome to the C.S. Joseph Podcast. I'm your host, C.S. Joseph, naturally. Today's question, why are ENFP women so masculine? What an odd question. Um, And the only reason why I say it's odd is because I'm not entirely convinced that uh, ENFP women specifically are super masculine. Um, at least not really in my experience, and I'm talking neutrally and colloquially. I'm not necessarily t- topic, you know, talking from a perspective of uh, Jungian analytical psychology per se. It's just I've always found them to be quite feminine, actually myself, uh, especially with uh, one particular ENFP that I'm very close with uh, in my life. At least she's close to me and. We're trying to get closer uh, as time goes on. Um, but yeah, like, um, I mean, just her and I need to have a better communication and a better relationship between the two. I mean, it's really hard, you know, because I'm an ENP, she's an ENP, and there's a lot of uh, problems there uh, relating to, um, you know, to, to communication because it's all about her comfort, it's all about my comfort. Can that be an issue? But. I've always seen her as a very uh, feminine person. I, I always have. Um, and uh, I I typically see ENFP women as, as very feminine in general. That's not to say that they can actually be pretty masculine. It's not to say that they can't, you know. So, by the way, uh, tonight's cigar is uh, a La Raña Azulejo, um, one of my most favorites. Enjoying myself here amongst the... Uh, cotton bugs on uh, Lake Coeur d'Alene. Hope you enjoy the stillness of the water and the uh, ambiance. I always like enjoying uh, bodies of water because I have expert intuition hero and I felt it appropriate uh, to film this location given that this particular episode is about an expert intuition hero and expert intuition hero is all about water and uh, I always feel my most relaxed and calm when I'm around uh, bodies of water, and as much as they would as well, because each of the cognitive functions are attached to individual elements. Uh, Extroverted sensing is attached to wind, introverted intuition is attached to fire. Why do you think all the high NI users, or at least NI optimistics, are pyromancers? They all do. They love them, their, their fireworks, so they love them, their fire, their explosions. Whereas extroverted sensing optimistics really, really love the wind, for example. Expert intuition optimistics really love the water. And introverted sensing optimistics really love the earth. They like to go into the mountains, like to be among the rocks. It's one of their uh, favorite things. So, yeah. But uh, I'm not going to use this particular episode to talk about, like, you know, how masculine ENFP women are because, honestly, I I just don't see it. But... But there are some exceptions, and uh, we're actually going to be discussing uh, those exceptions uh, for this episode. Uh, the exceptions, and there are definitely uh, there are definitely some exceptions. But we need to like discuss why there's exceptions, and the main reason is ultimately human nurture. 
Um, women have fundamentally transformed as a sex, basically, within the human race, especially in terms of Western society. And uh, I actually uh, had the pleasure of um, watching a show produced by an INTJ woman uh, who is basically mocking uh, women uh, and their their changes uh, within Western society. And it's so funny to me to watch INTJ women uh, be the ones mocking uh, masculine women, basically, in Western society. I mean, the first time I ever experienced it, I was uh, was on a date with uh, with Andy, uh, my INTJ ex, and um, we went on this date, and she introduced me to Ali Wong, and I have to say, this is one of the best parts of uh, my relationship with Andy is because it's like, hey, I get to watch this really cool INTJ Asian comedy chick explain to me how she thinks it's just so stupid, like like literally complaining about the women's movement and how the women's movement, you know, got women, you know, jobs and they're all working, you know, so then, hey, you know, corporations can benefit from, uh, you know, doubling the workforce and, uh, and then ultimately destroying the family in the process. And she's like, girl, what is your problem? Because Ali Wong's being like, we had it made, you know, being... You know, not having to have the responsibility of having a job, you know, like that's amazing. You know, and it's so interesting because I was actually talking to uh, my ESTP uh, friend. Um, you all know him by Elad. He's on uh, the Discord server. Uh, Mr. ESTP, uh, ESTP Therapy uh, himself, a fantastic fellow. And uh, I'm actually very happy uh, he's in the community. He, he provides a unique ex- uh, perspective. But he was actually having a conversation today with me on the phone about uh, about women, basically, and how you can, like, all notice, like, the women who are at the top of the pecking order when it comes to other women. Just happen to be the women who are in a marriage and are stay-at-home moms. They're basically the the zenith or the top of the pecking order when it comes to women. And he's like, you know, the bottom of the pecking order are the women who have who are single moms uh have to have a job and have children with different men those are at the bottom of the pecking order so you have the top and the bottom according to him and this is coming from you know the most masculine of all the types he's an ESTP and and I and I entirely I entirely agree with his perspective you know about that that's that's definitely that's definitely a thing a big thing and uh and it's just so silly to me, you know, how women consistently fall into this masculine trap as they are, uh, you know, conditioned uh, by society to do so. But to add to that, something that I've been actually really pushing recently on uh, the Discord server, something Railgun, who is another ESTP, it's kind of odd how ESTPs end up being like the arbiters of uh, what is masculine and what is feminine. It's so interesting. And as much as ISFJs are also the arbiters uh, of what is masculine and feminine, because you have the ISFJ is the most feminine, colloquially the most feminine of all the types, and then you have the ESTP who is colloquially and on paper the most masculine of all of the types. Uh, you know, basically they're throwing around their thoughts on what constitutes feminine behavior and what constitutes masculine behavior, and for the most part, they're they're basically correct. 
and and they live that way. They are the they are the best examples with, by their own behavior as to what that behavior looks like, you know, as colloquially understood. So, wow, that's that's good. That tastes that tastes amazing. It's like it's like a, it's got a little bit of hint of blueberry to it. It's fantastic. You guys think I should like uh, sell some? C.S. Joseph cigars one day. What do you guys think about that? You know, some C.S. Joseph uh, high quality fine tobacco. You guys think I should do, get into that? I don't know. Maybe the maybe some of the men in the community would uh, would enjoy that. Um, I mean, it's not like you'd ever see a woman smoking a cigar, and then I see and then I, when I see a woman smoking a cigarette, I am completely and utterly grossed out. By the way, grossed out. Actually, I had an encounter recently with a woman who was smoking, and I was just like, really. I mean, just because I smoke cigars doesn't mean that I'm okay with you smoking cigarettes. I mean, cigars aren't going to do much to you, especially with how little I actually smoke. You know, so, like, come on, man. I mean, chewing tobacco is the worst thing you can do. The second worst thing you can do is cigarettes. And third worst thing you can do is actually vape. And then you know, and then there's cigars, which doesn't actually go in your lungs, and it's only in your mouth. And, uh, you know, it's just something to enjoy. And it's not exactly something you get, like, addicted to or whatever. And, you know... Oh well, I mean, I'm I'm not addicted to it at all. I could, I could never smoke a cigar again, and it wouldn't bother me. But I do smoke cigars because it helps me uh, maintain a higher level of concentration, not focus, but concentration. It's different. Concentration is SI, focus is NI, and uh, it helps me uh, with memory recall to improve my memory when it comes to delivering these episodes, for example, uh, among other things. So, anyway. Railgun exposed me recently to this show uh, about women called Working Moms uh, by uh, Catherine Reitman, and she's an INTJ, and she's just making fun of the stupidity involved with how women's lives are entirely ruined when they put their careers above everything else. Most women out there would emotionally respond to that saying, like, well, we're not putting our career above our family, but, like, as much as they say that, if you actually, like, judge them by their actions, you'll see that that's actually what is happening. And, you know, as I've said before, you can't really take a woman at her word, not because she's a liar, but because she changes her mind a million times a day. And what she says uh, doesn't line up with how she acts because her hormones cause her to mentally change her mind multiple times a day anyway. Again, it's not, I'm not saying that they're, that women are liars. I'm just saying you just can't take them at their word because biology, and that's all there is to it. Not a bad thing. Besides, it's a wiser prospect for a person to be judging other human beings by their actions anyway. So, big whoop. I don't care how... I mean, if you guys think I'm misogynist for saying so, then you guys are just nothing more than ignorant. And uh, probably just as bad as the people who claimed Socrates uh, was corrupting the youth in Athens and had him executed. Thank you for contributing to your kangaroo court that is Western society. I'm sure you'll really be happy. And that's what Catherine Reitman's main point was within this uh, Netflix series. There's at least four seasons on it, and Railgun and I have been going through it, just watching the absolute utter stupidity of these women, uh, these career women, and basically all the problems that they're causing in their life consistently. And there's these little subtle hints. Um, you know, Catherine Reitman is actually the main character also within the story, but even though she created the story and wrote it, 
and her actual real life husband is also her husband in in the uh, in the show, which is also fantastic. And they really, really focus hardcore on gender issues in a very subtle way, a very similar subtle way, just like Seth MacFarlane would in uh, Family Guy or in The Orville. If you guys haven't seen The Orville yet, you're out of your minds. You need to like definitely see The Orville. It really, really combats social issues and exposes this ridiculousness of modern social issues uh, there. And uh, which, So I recommend the show as well. Seth MacFarlane does an amazing job. So, but the bottom line is, is that like, you know, ENFP women, you know, let's, let's, let's bring it back to ENFP women. ENFP women, because of the expert thinking child, and also because of ISTJ subconscious, because they're so focused on their status and their reputation and all these things, they are extremely at risk of falling for the society's dumb, stupid narrative that, you know, hey, you should sacrifice your fertile years, which is 18 to 26, basically, for, you know, training on, on in college, you know, getting educated so that you can go to school, you know, go to college, get a job, instead of, like, actually having children. And, uh, it, it, and, and that's ultimately, that, that's masculine. That's super masculine. You know, whatever happened to the days where, like, women actually wanted to be mothers. I mean, the the societal conditioning has been absolutely ridiculous. I mean, most people don't even realize that the women's suffrage movement was actually created by a man who utilized Edward Bernays's manipulative propaganda-based tactics to actually start the movement. Edward Bernays is an ENTP. He wrote the book Propaganda. His teacher was Gustave Le Bon, who wrote the book The Crowd, and then uh, one of the protégés of Bernays uh, in modern times is Douglas Murray. He wrote the book The Madness of Crowds. And if you just read these three books in order of their chain of custody, you'll start to realize how easy it is to manipulate people. And today, you know, the family suffers while corporations end up doubling the workforce and end up treating women like crap. I mean, you know, it's... And then, and then the women blame the men for it. They blame the men. When it's a reality, it's just a very small percentage of people that are benefiting from, from that while everybody else, including families, actually suffers. We're no longer a child-rearing society. We are a child-support society. And that's pretty sad if you, if you think about it. That's, like, that's entirely sad and it's entirely ridiculous. You know, I have an INTJ son. And having an INTJ son is a very humbling experience because if you really want to destroy, absolutely annihilate an INTJ child, regardless of their sex, split up their parents, split up their family. If you want to destroy them, that's what you do to the point where it basically ruins their life for the rest of their existence. It completely ruins their life. And that's really sad. And that's basically the gift that masculine women, as a result of all of this societal conditioning that starts literally in school and whatnot, because we're just trying to create a workforce. You know, we just want you to maintain and become the proletariat. We don't want your bloodline to exist. Your bloodline means nothing to us. Only our bloodline matters. Think about it. Like, you find this out in, like, the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad. The elite and the rich actually have a completely different way to educate their children to compared to poor people. Poor people will tell you how to save your money, 
which is a stupid idea. It's very stupid to save your money. You should be investing your money at any opportunity that you get because the value of the dollar due to inflation alone is destroyed. I mean, $1 today is worth about two and a half cents of what it was originally worth back when it was the greenback first came out in like 1914 or 1917, you know, in the early 1900s, basically when the greenback first came. And that's, that's entirely ridiculous. Entirely ridiculous. You know, congratulations. Y'all played yourselves. Congratulations. You're all born into this system. You guys are part of the matrix now. You're literally born in the matrix and you don't even know. And these women out there are like defending the matrix. They're defending this concept. It's, it's entirely ridiculous. It's one of the reasons why we created uh, the special interest group uh, known as Jungian Sexuality on the Discord server. If you're not on the Discord server, there should be a link in the description. It's a Linktree link, um, which would be L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash C-S Joseph. Scroll to the bottom and click the link so you can join the Discord server. Uh, do your verification through alt identifier and then uh, do your other verification by accepting the code of conduct and you have access to the discord and then after that go down to the rules channel in the union sexuality uh, special interest group section and just hit the dash agree type it in and then the bot will assign you the role and then you have access and then you can enjoy the female issues channel or the male issues channel or the union sexuality channel or there's tons of books and resources and education that you can utilize to free yourself and actually become a feminine woman again and actually work hard to actually become a feminine woman something that your mother should have taught you but no by now statistically she actually was a career woman as well and potentially ruined your life as a woman and ru ruined your opportunity at happiness which is ridiculous and as much as obviously men's lives are ruined constantly i mean like seriously like why should i as a man work so hard for a quarrelsome and disrespectful woman underneath my roof like I, i'm not going to tolerate it you know um, solomon wrote in the bible uh, in the book of proverbs he wrote uh, better to be on the corner of one's own roof than in the home with a quarrelsome or disrespectful woman or, you know, and then he, he also, you know, he's an ENTP. He married an ESTP girl who basically refused to have sex with him. And he felt so disrespected by that, especially after everything that he had done for her and all the super mega hard work that he was doing for the kingdom and for her. And she still turned him down anyway. She got like mega entitled and she did not know how good she had it, basically. And then, boom, 1000 woman harem was his basic response. You can find that in Song of Solomon, chapter five, verse six pretty sad situation uh how she just basically turned him down like that and you know he's the king right but he's he's an entp you know like why should entps or even any si inferior man have to put up with that from a woman that's ridiculous especially after how hard they work because si inferiors and this is no different for like enfp women for example si inferiors have this thing where we place an extreme amount of value on our introverted sensing inferior. So let's, let's give an example, actually. This is an example uh, directly from my relationship with Railgun, okay? So she's NI inferior, okay? So NI inferior, NI inferior has this thing where it just doesn't know what it wants because it's afraid of wanting the wrong thing. It's afraid of making a commitment because as soon as it makes a commitment, all the other choices, all the other options it has goes away. And it has to learn how to have faith that once it makes a commitment, once it makes a choice, new doors will open in front of that choice, and then they get to keep choosing. But they're always so afraid that there's not going to ever be any doors open in front of them. 
So for Railgun to make the choice, to choose me, basically, to choose me as her man in her life, as her husband and the father for children, for her to make that decision, to take that risk, basically, because NI and Fury is all about risk, it's a big deal because she doesn't just want anybody. You know, it's funny because ESTP statistically have the most casual sex out of everyone other than INFJs because they're lust types. But, like, she wanted me, and she's really only wanted me, according to her. And so as a result of her making that choice, her choosing me, right, to be the man in her life, that's something that's extra, extra, extra special because that's her NI inferior going that far to make that choice for desire, right? Well, let's look at it from an introverted sensing perspective. Like, she places an insane amount of value on her choice, and she expects me to put an insane amount of value on her choice to choose me above everybody else, right? Well, from an introverted sensing inferior perspective, I put a lot of emphasis on my effort, and so do ENFP women, to the point where it's like, hey, you better be grateful for the high amount of effort that I put in your direction. Because if I'm working hard, and I outwork everybody... I haven't met anyone who's got a bigger work ethic than me. Not yet, anyway. And I'm sure they exist. But, like, I put so much effort. Like, I expect my woman to treat my effort as if it's the most sacred and important thing in her life. The most important thing in her life. Inasmuch as Railgun would expect me to place her anti-inferior choice of me as the most important thing in my life. Right? That's how it works. The problem is, is that... From a masculine to feminine perspective, women don't care, and this is, this is according to the red pill praxeology as presented in the Rational Male volumes 1 through 5. According to Rollo Tomasi, women do not care about a man's uh, relationship investment. Women in general do not care about a man's effort that he puts forward in a relationship or a marriage. Right? So it's extremely difficult for introverted sensing inferior men in that situation because effort is seen as something that's actually more on the beta side of a woman's hypergamy, okay? Because effort is all about, you know, um, uh, parental investment, provisioning, protection, you know, those types of things. But because women can provision for themselves now because they're career moms, for example, or because they're career women, because they're taking on this masculine role, you know, they don't really, aren't really attracted to the beta male side of their hypergamy anymore because they can provide the beta male side of their hypergamy for themselves and to themselves. And this causes them to become more masculine and incapable of knowing what it means to actually submit to a man. So men are expected to do that thing that they teach in church. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. He who gave himself up for her. As much as I give and have given up myself for the women in my life because of the super high amount of effort I put towards them, right? The super high effort that I put in, right? But that's, you know, seen as a very beta thing because that's just the beta buck side of the of a woman's hypergamy, basically. So it's not, so, so it goes underappreciated. Imagine though, imagine though what it's like for an ENFP woman to be in a relationship with a man who takes her effort for granted. Right? I mean, even Railgun is, is guilty at times, oftentimes, of, uh, you know, taking my effort that I put towards her for granted, right? 
Why will most women do? Most women have been conditioned to take male effort, male investment in a relationship for granted because that kind of investment, that kind of effort is something a woman is conditioned to provide for herself. She is taught by her family, even by her dumb idiot fathers, okay, who tell her, hey, you know, men out there are no good. They're all just boys. They only want one thing. So just to be safe, you need to go to school, go to college, get a job, get a degree, right? Little do these fathers actually know that they're ruining their daughter's lives by actually having that perspective. Because the, their, their, their little girl has to spend her life basically on, um, spend her fertile years, spend her fertile years on getting a degree. And also saddling herself up with what? $120,000 in debt at least? Really? Really? That's, that's something we really want to go for, you know? And that sucks because then you're expecting your ENFP little girl to be putting in that much more effort, especially when it comes time to do there. But then eventually that ENFP will hit 26 years of age. She'll realize that for the first time in her life, she's not able to compete with younger girls because the higher value men will go for the younger girls and not longer and no longer go for her. But she spent all that time to get a degree. So then she covers up with that loss, that loss of fertility, that loss of time with entitlement. And that sucks. She ends up becoming super mega entitled. She becomes super mega uh, depraved. She can't attract the highest value men anymore. So she ends up settling for a dude with a dad bod who ends up like, <laughs> who ends up, you know, being this, you know, beta male who lacks masculinity in a lot of cases. And then she ends up divorcing him later when she's in her late 30s because she's not the man she, she tried to change him into basically an alpha and then that totally blows up and then she just lost her family and then she ends up being a cat mom and a dog mom can't really get any uh, high value man to save her life she ends up with loser 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 and goes from loser to loser to loser to loser and then ultimately dies alone congratulations fathers you just destroyed your daughter's entire future congratulations idiots and this is something that ENFP women end up having to contend with and it sucks it really sucks for them and i feel bad for them that they have to deal with this crap especially because they're usually out of the 16 types the kind of woman who's most likely to swallow that conditioning of being a career woman hook line and sinker and then they're at risk of being with losers or at risk of never being mothers at all and never feeling fulfilled because they never had a mother. And then they find themselves at the lowest end of the pecking order. Things can get so bad that they end up becoming single moms and having children by different men, which is the lowest of the low when it comes to women. You could say that maybe a prostitute is, is just as low or lower. Sure, okay, I, I, I could grant you that. But like when, when all these women get together and they size each other up, because that's what women do when they get together, they're the lowest in the pecking order. Whereas the highest women in the pecking order, the women that are envied the most and, are, and, have, and women are jealous of the most, are the women who are married mothers who stay at home. And their man takes care of it all. And they actually have freedom. Great. You know? They get to do what they want. 
even to the point where they can like become entrepreneurs after their children have grown, you know, and actually be in a much better position instead of just being this little peon, you know, working for Amazon distribution, for example. Sucks to be them. But hey, you know, no one, no one, no one's really aware. No one's really aware of um, of the consequences. You know, no one really cares. You know, everyone's just sold on this thing, and and everyone just imagines to themselves, you know, especially this INTP named Blessed on the Discord server. Every, you know, she imagines herself. Well, this is the path to happiness. You know, being this strong, independent career woman. You know, that these ENFP women actually, you know, swallow that narrative hook, line, and sinner. Why? Well, they do it because they have extroverted thinking child, because they're aware of what everyone thinks. And then it's like, hey, I want to have that status too. So that they think that getting a career will bring them that status. When the real flex, the real status, is by being that stay-at-home mother with a lot of children. And a man who wants her. A man who actually takes care of her feelings. A man who thinks highly of her. A man who elevates her. A man who doesn't make her feel unsafe or who doesn't make her feel uncomfortable. A man who is aware of her worries of the future and is able to prevent that worry by, uh, you know, putting, in, putting forth his own investment and, and leading her so she doesn't have to lead, right? That's kind of ridiculous. But it happens. It happens all the time. All the time. And it's like, it's ridiculous so ridiculous and so these girls they just don't really understand what the consequences are and because these ENFP women end up having these fathers who actually feed their NI nemesis and they get so worried that they're not going to find a man of any quality out there that they end up buying this narrative these ENFP women end up buying this narrative and as a result these ENFP women become masculine they become masculine over time which is unattractive to men Masculine women ultimately are unattractive to men. You know, I, I'll be honest, like, I like masculine women. I like, I like ESTPs and ISTPs and ENTJs and INTJs. I, I like SCUser women, you know, I, I do. And it, but a lot of them are masculine when they're out there in the world. But, but, you know, at home, they're feminine. They're feminine to me, as it should be. I don't care if they're masculine to other people, but they need to be feminine to me. That's what I expect from them, because... I consider them my treasure. They're my treasure. They're my, you know, and because they are my treasure, it's like, okay, yeah, you're my treasure, so you be feminine here as my feminine treasure who submits to me and allows me to lead instead of them being so insecure and so worried about their own future that they have to lead in the relationships and lead themselves, much like what Catherine Reitman is trying to mock all these crazy career women who eventually become moms while they're career women. Oh, gross. In that Netflix show, Working Moms. If you want to understand, like, guys, like, you want to understand, like, what women you should absolutely avoid, go watch Working Moms and see how the women act in there. See how how great the gift of open hypergamy is. And then just see how miserable these women are. I'm sure blessed the INTP on uh, the Discord server would come to realize in short order just how miserable of an existence that actually is. Miserable that she's been literally gaslit by her family and gaslit by her own society in uh, in Europe, uh, where she's at, to consider, you know, hey, you know, that's the, that's the best way to go. I, I'm a strong, independent woman. You know, I, I have my career and it's all good. And it's like, okay, yeah, great, but you're never going to attract a high-value man. You're just going to end up being with a loser. 
and then you're going to end up divorcing him because he's a loser, and then you're going to end up destroying your children's lives in the, in, the, in the process. What if you end up having an INTJ child like I have, for example, or many other INTJ children out there whose parents split up and it literally ruined their life, destroying their SE inferior? Because their parents aren't sticking around. And part of being loyal to an SE inferior is to stick around. But the thing is, is that that relationship with their parents has to be stick aroundable. It has to be worth sticking around for. Well, it's only going to happen if people are acting out in their proper roles in a relationship. Something that rarely, if ever, actually happens. So I feel bad. Because this is... This narrative of the career woman, the masculine woman, has become the affiliative. It has become the social norm. And ENFP women, they are affiliative. And that little TE child is there. They don't have TI. They don't have TI to filter through the crap. So they end up accepting it. They end up accepting their programming of the matrix, basically. And then they end up unhappy. They end up insanely unhappy because of this. Great. Great. I'm sure... I'm sure their dads really meant well, only to see their daughters absolutely miserable, their grandchildren's futures destroyed, and the cycle continues, and the generational sin just continues. There's nothing humble about a career woman. There's nothing humble about a masculine woman. You guys, you guys even remember the season four playlist here on the YouTube channel or on the podcast? Go listen or watch the season four playlist. What is the source of a woman's beauty? It is humility. Without humility, there is no submission. Without submission, they are an ugly woman. What exactly is submissive about a career woman? Why is that attractive? Why would a high value man ever go for such a woman? Well, he won't. And ENFP women are at high risk. They are at extremely high risk of innocently accepting this programming when their fathers should actually be there to help them prioritize being a great woman, a submissive woman, a beautiful woman, right? A healthy woman, a fit woman, a woman that actually knows how to change a diaper, a woman that's actually capable of being a mother, a woman who could actually reduce the burdens on a man's life instead of actually being a burden herself, right? But, you know, society is like telling these TE childs like, well, you'll accomplish a lot. You'll be respected. You'll be regarded. You'll have lots of money. Well, you know what, people? You can't take money with you when you die. You can't. There's only one thing you could take with you when you die. One thing. And that is your relationships with other people. And I promise you, as you, as you, if you've ever spoken to an ENFP woman on her deathbed, and I have, folks, I have. But if you speak to them, they will all tell you that they wish they'd have done it differently. Do not make the same mistake they did. But ultimately, because of the easy swallowing of this narrative, because... These women's parents, especially their fathers, have been brainwashed by the stupidity that corporate America, corporatism, this corporatocracy within Western society, because they're afraid that, you know, she's going to end up with some deadbeat guy, deadbeat dad, who's not going to be there for his grandchildren or whatever. 
what a bunch of idiots. What happened to the fathers that would be around men? Like, for example, you know, I have a daughter. Let's say she brings, let's say she brings a, you know, a guy around. He's like, oh, this is my boyfriend. I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm going to grill him. I'm going to be like, what's your value? Do you have any value? What are you doing? Do you know anything about entrepreneurship? Are you taking care of yourself? Are you eating organic, non-GMO food? Are you fit? What's your purpose? What's your life purpose? What are you all about? And here's the thing. If he doesn't have one, I will give him one. I will make him work. I'll make him work for me. I'll make him earn everything. Not unlike what uh, happened to Isaac and Jacob, the sons of Father Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. Come on, folks. We all sung this in school. At least we used to. Those sons, when they found that they had a woman that they really wanted, guess what? Their fathers made them work for them, right? That's what happened. And that ended up becoming a huge... That ended up happening and and became like a huge issue, a major issue, right? Because eventually, you know, Jacob ended up having to marry Leah and they had to work even harder to marry the girl he really wanted, which is Rachel. But he took both those sisters anyway and he made it work. And then out from him came the 12 tribes of Israel, for example, right? And you can actually learn a lot about that family dynamic by reading the book The Red Tent. If you haven't read The Red Tent and you're an ENFP woman watching this, you probably should. But hey, you know, don't take my word for it. Listen to the ENFP women on their deathbed telling you that they would have done it differently instead of getting, you know, becoming that dog mom or becoming that cat mom or being that person who dies alone or being that person who has children by multiple men and is still a single mom and suffering. No. It's wrong. It's, it's prime evil, folks. What? Because, because we're scared that there's no good men out there anymore? I make boys into men. There are men out there who will care enough to make boys into men. I expect that if my daughter brings, any of my daughters, brings a a man around, I will turn him into a man. And if he is resistant to that idea, I will make him get out of her life. That's the reality. That's what fathers are supposed to do. But no, fathers want to be lazy. No, they want to outsource their thinking to stupid Western society. Oh, my daughters need to go to school, go to college, get a job, waste her fertile years on getting a career so that she could be a working mom and then ruin her husband's life, ruin the fathers of her children's life, ruin her life, ruin the lives of her children, destroy their future. Congratulations, you played yourself, idiots. And people just are completely unaware of the consequences. It's ridiculous to me. So that's why ENFP women end up behaving masculine. They're victims. And then because they were victims, victims of stupid, stupid from their parents, stupid from the society, they end up victimizing others. They end up victimizing their children and the cycle repeats. And now we live in a world where, of fatherlessness. We live in a world where there isn't fathers around to hold boys accountable and turn those boys to men. We, don't, we live in a world where there aren't fathers around 
to make sure that their little girls are on the path to happiness. And the last days I will send my prophet Elijah to you. He will turn the hearts of fathers to their, to their sons and the hearts of sons to their fathers. Or else I will strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. It's the final two verses of the Old Testament. How are we not there already? We've got to end this. ENFP women need to be shown that there's a different way. And there is a different way. If they position themselves for greatness, if they become queen archetype, as I describe in the queen archetype episode in the season 13 playlist, they become queen. And to become queen, they got to be healthy. they got to be fit. They have to have personal standards. They have to have personal boundaries. That's season 6 playlist. Why do you people refuse to watch and listen to seasons 4, 6, 13, and 31? I'm telling the truth. I am telling the consequences of you guys eating this bullshit that is being taught to you in your schools, by your family, by your ignorant family members who are all part of the Matrix and who will defend the Matrix even sometimes to their deaths. They're literally just agents of the Matrix to keep you enslaved, enslaved to the corporatocracy of Western society that doesn't care about you being happy. They just care about how much money they can make off of your labor. They don't care that you have a kid at home. They don't care about your children's future. That's why, you know, the women in the ego hacker community, I go out of my way for them to be an example of what their fathers should have been to them so that they don't have to fall into this trap. That's why we created the Jungian Sexuality Special Interest Group to that end. So, women and men, men, don't let your women or your daughters become this. Women, do not let your daughters become this and have higher standards. It's not hard. Because here's the thing, if you position yourself for greatness, I promise you the high value men will find you. They're out there and they will find you because they see that you are high value. And they will sweep you up off your feet. And then you are at the top of the pecking order. You are the subject of everyone's jealousy and envy, other women's envy and jealousy, because you are married to the high-value man. You don't even have to work. Working is an option, not a requirement. Wow. That's a much better future prospect for a woman any day of the week. And they're much more happier for it. Why do you think that women are the most unhappiest they've ever been in Western society? Everyone, they're sold the lie that, hey, be a career woman, be a career mom, it's all good. No, no, it's not. It's literally the path straight to hell. Hell on earth in your own life. Because you're basically being conditioned to be nothing more than a slave. And you'll have to put your slavery above your children and your children's future. Don't be that person. Men, you need to go out of your way to prevent this in the women and the daughters in your life. Women, you need to be helping other women and yourselves to position yourselves for greatness so that you too can become queens. You know, like uh, Jared Leto said in that Kings and Queens song that he did. You know, we are the kings and queens of promise. Well, this is a promise to you. I promise you a far greater amount of happiness and satisfaction in your life than you've ever experienced if you do it my way and not the way of this bullshit society. Mark my words. You will have a future, a better one.
a future that is subject to the envy and jealousy of those in your life. I highly recommend it. Anyway, folks, thanks for watching and listening, and I'll see you guys tonight on the Discord.